0: faith journeys and inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God. This is the Cumberland Road. I'm your host TJ Melanowski. Today we have with us Reverend Becky Zarti. She's an ordained Cumberland Presbyterian minister and she serves two congregations, Madisonville First and Rose Creek, both located in Kentucky. She's a graduate of the Program of Alternate Studies and She's served these two congregations since 2017. Rebecca is happily married to Chris for 22 years. They have two adult children and two granddaughters. She holds a bachelor's degree in business administration and master's degree in organizational communication. It is good to have you on our program today. Thank you for joining us, Becky.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about uh, our conversation today.
0: When did you first encounter God?
1: You know, I am just going back over my whole faith journey. um, When I was a child, I was born into the Catholic denomination. And uh, when I was five or six, we moved to the Church of Christ. Um, And it was there through like church camps and that sort of thing that I really um, got to know who God was. Uh, I grew up in Midwest, Wisconsin, and spent a lot of my time outside. And in being out in nature is when I really realized God. So, um, you know, I think I've always known that God was there, just didn't understand who God was um, until maybe I was a little bit older. 12 um, ish or so is when it really clicked. Uh, who God was and what he did in my life, um, which was amazing and astonishing. um, And just felt this amazing power always, uh, especially when I was outside, just knew that whoever created all this beautiful greenery and trees and grass and birds just had to be someone completely amazing.
0: How do you relate uh, your relationship with God, but through Jesus Christ?
1: Mm. (sighs) Jesus is everything. I, I mean, I don't know how else to describe that other than Jesus is everything. The more I've matured in my faith and the more I understand about who he is and what he did and why, and you know why would you do that this this amazing all-knowing omniscient all-powerful creator why would you leave that and and come down to our filthy little planet where we just keep messing stuff up why would you leave that perfection you know it's Understanding that Jesus left all that because he loves us so much. Um, There's no other way to describe that. That Jesus is just it. He is it. He is everything. Um, And through him, I have this amazing connection to God. Um, It's astonishing, really.
0: Talk a little bit about your relationship with God through Jesus and the early beginnings of that relationship uh and what that looked like how you felt it and how you've carried that from your youth but Mm -hmm. also into adulthood
1: Mm, that was a long and winding road um you know when i was a kid being out in nature um feeling the breeze And where we lived in in Midwest Wisconsin, we lived like 15 miles from town, literally a quarter mile off um, even the little 2 lane back road that our house was off of. And so just being outside and and feeling God there in nature was what I recognized and what I remember most as a child, just the smells of the air, the feel of the breeze on my cheek, and I just knew I knew God was there with me and um, as most people do um, some of us tend to go a little more astray than others um, so I recognized that God was there but at some point in my life I was about 23 uh, when I left the church completely um, and even though I recognized that God was there I chose not to continue my relationship with him at that time um I never like completely forsook him because I, I recognized he was there but I wasn't I wasn't having anything to do with him his people nothing I wasn't listening to him um I sure didn't want to have nothing to do with the church and um, I was really angry and I did a 180 and walked away from the church and did everything wasn't supposed to um you know, my last name is Zardi, and I always tell people the party didn't start till the Zardi got there. <laughs> and, and that's the way it was. You know, I was the life of the party. I liked to party and had a great time. Um, but then my heart started talking to God again. You know, um, I still was not interested in going back to church. I still was not interested in church people. Um, but I knew that's where I needed to be and God was pulling me that direction. And then one day I was managing a restaurant in uh, Western Kentucky and this amazing person came into uh, my restaurant and I instantly fell in love with her and became fast friends. Um, She's still one of my very best friends Um, and she was a pastor and I was like, hmm, that's intriguing, (laughs) you know, because God had been talking to me about going back to church, but I knew I didn't want to go back to the denomination that I came out of, but I didn't know what else to do, um, because I knew very little about any other denomination and and any other beliefs, and I was still very, whatever beliefs I still had, I was still very clinging to uh, the beliefs that I grew up with, and uh, female pastors were not okay in the domination I grew up in I was like mm. and I remember telling her in one of our very first conversations I said I really like you but I'm never stepping foot in a church again and I don't know how I feel about you being a woman and a pastor
0: you, clarify, you clarified that early on then
1: I did because I was not you know I wanted to make sure she understood where I was that I was not I was not going to be having my arm twisted and trying to guilt me and make me feel bad about my past and what I've gone through. And, um, you know, I was just not interested in any of that, but she couldn't stop talking about Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) She just talked about Jesus all the time and how amazing Jesus was and how great he was and all the blessings. And I was just like, what is up with this? You know, my gosh. And, uh, I, Finally, about one day of three months, maybe three or four months in, I said, You know, hey, where's that church of yours at? And uh, she was very gracious. Um, It was a Wednesday afternoon and we closed early at the cafe. And um, she let me come to the church by myself and walk into the church. And I very trepidatiously stepped foot on the front step, waiting for that lightning bolt, you know, looking up at the sky, going, Is it coming? Is it coming? Um, and thankfully God let me walk back in the church house without, without striking me down. Um,
0: so this minister, this minister, uh, grabbed you on a Wednesday afternoon and allowed you to kind of scope out the area.
1: Yeah, really. Just let me, um, walk through the church and just feel comfortable. No judgment, no guilt, no shame just let me be reintroduced to God on my own terms um, without forcing me into that relationship. And it was through her that Jesus really grabbed a hold of me and would not let me go. Wow.
0: Yeah. From that time of um, entering into the church after mm-hmm. an absence of some years.
1: 10 years, yeah.
0: 10 years. 10 years. Talk about a little bit about how you gradually attended more and and um, gathered that relationship up with Christ mm-hmm. again and began to nurture that and, and take that journey.
1: Yeah. When I came back to church... Um, Wednesday nights and Sunday nights were really all I could do. I could not do any Sunday morning because that was one of my main work di- days. Um, and so I started coming when I could. I wasn't like super regular, um, but just when I was able. And that went on for a few months, and then I changed positions, um, different different job, and the new job I had allowed me to come on Sunday mornings. And so I started attending um, Sunday mornings and it was through just even that intermittent attendance um, that I was wrestling with her as a pastor still, you know. Um, I really had that stronghold, indoctrinated belief that women were not supposed to have any kind of leadership in the church. But every time I heard her speak, I knew God was talking through her cause it was just like right straight penetrated to my soul. And I cried and cried. And I actually during that time frame, I think I, that's when I quit wearing makeup cause it, it never, it never <laughs> lasted. Every time I went to church, I just cried it all off. And I was like, what's the point of putting <laughs> it on? Um, And I just, you know, God just talked to me so strongly during that time frame, trying to um, reconcile myself and trying to understand that there was forgiveness for my past and the things that I had done um, and the horrible decisions that I had made during my drinking days. Um, And it just grew. Um, And I guess I was probably at the church um, maybe six to eight months. So somewhere in that time frame um, that I became, my attendance became regular. And I was just, I was pouring over God's word all the time, really trying to reconcile and forgive myself, but also understand how come she was such a powerful person of Jesus? Like, why, why is that? And it was there that God opened my eyes and showed me scripture about women in the scripture that we, you know, that was never talked about growing up, or if it was talked about when I was growing up, it was just really kind of sidelined, yeah. you know,
0: in the negative that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was just, well, that was a special circumstance, or that was just a very uh, situation where the, there's a gentleman that would step up to the plate. And so they had to use more, kind of a concept, you know. Um, and then when God opened my eyes to the scripture to realize that, that women were in leadership in the new Testament church, um, had just, I mean, it blew me away. I literally, literally almost fell on the floor when I read, I was like in first, second John, it talks about the elder women of the church. I will never forget that day I was reading and I was like, it was like, God went, I'm not talking about old women. I'm talking about elders like leaders in the church this is what i'm talking about here and i'm just like what are you kidding me like how how did i not ever see this before it was just amazing um and that's when you know her authority as a pastor i stopped questioning i was like i get this i get that you are called by god it, even though this whole time, the several months worth of listening to her and listening to her teachings and sitting underneath her and studies and whatever. And as much as it spoke to me, I still couldn't grasp that God had called her um, as a woman. And, and it was at that moment that it was like, okay, I totally get that. So
0: did you um, have a conversation with her? about this kind of, this, this bend in the road is straightened out.
1: Totally. And she was just like, you know, uh, if you know this woman, you know that she just jumped up and went praise Jesus, <laughs> you know, cause that's the way she is. She just, I mean, everything is about Jesus. And it, and it was through that, that my relationship with God really grew and I understood that I could forgive myself because God had forgiven me already. I'd asked for forgiveness and it was done. Um, and I was the one that was mulling it over and having a hard time with it. And it was late. I met her in the spring of that year, um, like February, March. And it was like September, October of that year. So almost the whole year, um, I stood in front of the congregation um, to join as a member of the church. And she said, I will never remember the first time I met you. <laughs> you said, um, you know, you don't believe in women and the pastor and you're never stepping foot in a church again. And here you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, ah, oh, thanks for that reminder. That was awesome. <laughs> um, and that's where it really began, you know, my journey, even within the Cumberland Presbyterian church, that's where it all started.
0: Yeah. Cause really your travels was just starting at this yes. moment, specifically yes. with, with the Cumberland Presbyterian church, yep. but also ministry as well
1: yes Yep. Yeah. um it wasn't long after that probably another six months uh, i'm still a new person in the church our worship leader um decided they were moving to florida and so it began the search for the new worship leader and every time she announced it that we need to be in prayer for our new worship leader i felt this punch in my gut and i was just like no <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm new to this congregation. I'm new to the Cumberland Presbyterian denomination. I just don't feel that I have enough experience within the church to, to step up to a worship leader position. And this went on for three or four months and her and I were having lunch one afternoon and she said, I don't know what we're going to do. We really need a new worship leader. And I just looked at her with this huge sigh and went, fine, just fine. I'll do it. I don't care anymore. I'm just so over arguing with God about this. I'll just do it. And that's where it started. So I was the worship leader um, of that congregation for three or four years. And, um, and it was really the last year um, of that. When, after she left, God called her to another possession. And so she left and moved on. Um, we had about an 11 month time frame where we didn't have a pastor and had pulpit supply coming in. Um, And I led service up front and it was during that time and that during that leading service and then introducing our pulpit supply for the day that God started talking to me like, you're going to do this one day. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. Cause now, you know, I mean, you've already pushed me way beyond my comfort zone. Here I am leading worship in this church and, and, and this new congregation and new people and new community and, and now you want me to do what? You know, you're nuts, you know. And I remember driving home after church several times. I'm sure people thought I was crazy. because so I'm driving down the road and I'm like yelling in my car because <laughs> I can feel it, you know, I can feel it. It's just speaking to me and it feels like literally like a punch in my in my stomach. And I'm just like, no, I'm yelling out loud. No, I'm not doing this. You are insane. This is not going to happen. Um, and several Sundays that, um, you know, for a year I wrestled with the call. And a lot of times I was really physically ill, uh, battled stomach issues, severe migraines um, through that year. And um, just wrestling with the possibility of me being called to ministry because I didn't want to. I really didn't want to. And uh, finally, that, when I surrendered. Yeah.
0: At that time, did you make the connection between? some of the ailments and call to ministry?
1: Not really. Um, Not really. I just just thought maybe I was stressed. You know, there was other stuff going on I didn't really understand. Towards the end of it, maybe I made a better connection uh, because I could be fine all week, but Sunday morning would come, and that's when I got sick. And I just thought, why is this happening? I, I don't understand why it's Sunday morning. Of, of all the days of the week, why is it Sunday that I'm sick? And when I finally surrendered and, and made a public announcement that I was going to pursue the ministry, um, all the physical ailments went away. Wow. Migraines, wow. stomach issues just stopped. Wow. Yeah.
0: How was that perceived by the congregation, your announcement?
1: They were excited. Um, you know, I think they were a little worried, honestly, because I put in the bulletin that we need to look for another worship leader. <laughs> <laughs> and so they thought I th- there were some of them that came up to me and said, You're not you're not leaving the church, are you? I mean, you're not going somewhere else. And I'm like, No, 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 that's that's not the case. We just need to find somebody else to fill this position because I feel like I'm going to another position, you know but they were kind of afraid that I was going to leave the congregation. Eventually, obviously, I did leave the congregation, but uh not in that manner.
0: Right. Yeah. So you, each time you've had what you may have called these destinations. Yeah. Destination in nature, feeling God there, mm-hmm. destination of well, I'm going to try what Becky wants to do. Yeah. And then this yeah. Destination of okay, I'm going to attend church. And now I'm going to be a worship leader. Now this calling to ministry this whole mm. new calling. Yeah. What, what happened after that? You have the announcement. You've shared your calling. It's been yeah. confirmed by Christians around you and Cumberland yeah. Presbyterians around you.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I remember coming home that day and that was a whole nother conversation um, for those that know me. Um, They know that my spouse does not share um, my faith. And when I came home and said, hey, I just want you to know I made this public announcement today that I feel called to the ministry. Um, Him and I had been discussing this kind of on and off for several months. And... but when i made it public is when it was real Mm -hmm. it was like okay she's really serious about this calling this pursuing of of a new uh, vein in life and um that made it pretty serious for him as well Mm -hmm. you know to to realize and understand that that's really where i felt called to and that's what i was going to work towards next um so that was huge for the family as well a big change for for all of them um and so then i went you know did the normal candidate thing and went before our committee on ministry and and uh, was approved as a candidate um and then pursued the education uh requirements for for that so that's where i ended up in pause and i'm very excited that i got there that was a that was an amazing journey too
0: <laughs> so um how did you get introduced to the Madisonville Cumberland Presbyterian Church, and Rose Creek. And how does that fit into uh, your uh, calling the ministry and becoming a candidate for ministry as well?
1: Um, at the time that I was introduced to these two congregations, I was a candidate. Um, I started, I was approved as a candidate in the fall of 2016, 2016. Um, Another interesting story, my first sermon was January 29th of 2017, and it was a local congregation. Um, The pastor was um, on vacation, and so he asked if I would come and fill uh, the pulpit for that day, and I wasn't sure how that sermon was being perceived. It was, um, the congregation was so quiet, you could hear a pin drop, and I thought, oh, man, I have totally misunderstood what God has asked me to do. This is bombing hard. You know, I thought, Oh, I'm going to be in so much trouble. Um, but then afterwards I had so many people come up to me and say, wow, what a powerful testimony. What a powerful vision of Jesus. And, and I had a couple people say, you know, you were so amazing. Even our children, were silent because they were so drawn into you that they were paying attention to every word you had to say and I thought oh my gosh wow how amazing is that you know praise God you know i was so excited I got in my car to drive home and it wasn't a far drive and I just remember just crying half the way home just you know praising God for his goodness and his mercy and and before I even got home I had a voicemail from Rose Creek And I thought, man, that church gossip chain, that works fast. (laughs) It was only a seven-mile trip. How'd they find out already, you know? Um, And and it was that day that um, I got a call from Rose Creek. At that time, their pastor, Brother Paul Stone, um, was dying of brain cancer and um, was sick to the point where he couldn't come in. So I started helping um, fill in the pulpit for them when he was unable, when he wasn't feeling well enough to do so. And at the same time Madisonville called um, and I was pulpit supply for them when I wasn't at Rose Creek. And I kind of went back and forth between the two congregations. They're only about 12 miles apart. And then um, I guess it was August or September of 2017 and that Madisonville um, and Rose Creek called me together. They decided to um, yoke the two congregations and call me as their pastor Um together, which was amazing. And so October of 17 is when I started full-time with both of them. And I've been here since. Love it.
0: Mm -hmm. Where is God uh, working in your life now? And how do you know? Uh, Both
1: of the congregations, you know, with brother Paul Stone and his passing, um, he was there later for 23 years. And, And that was hard for that congregation to lose their leadership their shepherd for 23 years so you know I really feel that God called me to help them mourn and walk through that grieving process and Madisonville was in a situation um, where they were kind of hurting too and so it was a healing process with them of just trying to help them move forward and recognize that God was still working in their congregation, that he wasn't done with them. So today, what I see is um, God blessing these congregations, just, you know, maybe not numerically um, with people, but just the spiritual growth that has been witnessed in both congregations, the deepening of their own understanding of who Jesus is and what part he plays in their life. And then how much they want to share that with the community. Um, you know, they have both worked really hard and sometimes um, entertained my crazy ideas
0: <laughs>
1: to embrace um, different community organizations. You know, we recognize that both these congregations are small So we do not have a volunteer financial base that we could support a ministry on our own, but we pour into with time and and money that we do have available um, and our talents, we pour into other community ministries and help bolster them and encourage them and lift them up. And so there's been a lot of community involvement in the last couple of years, um, whether it's with the local school system, Um, the nursing homes, uh, our veterans administration here, um, the Salvation Army. uh, We have a local crafter group called Hooks and Needles, and we have made donations to um, hundreds of items we have donated to different organizations here locally. And so I see God using them Um, And using me in just a mighty way to help encourage and build up the community that we're in and and show people really what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Not just say it, but like James tells us, be a hearer and a doer. And so it's not just hearing the word, but it's actually putting in your time and your talents and, and doing what God tells you to, which is to take care of your neighbors. And that's really what they've been doing.
0: That's great. That's great. What is your favorite part in reflecting back on your relationship with God? What has been the favorite part of your journey and in your travels?
1: This is going to sound really selfish, (laughs) but my favorite part is watching myself grow. Mm. Understanding where I was, 15 years ago and how much God has changed my life in that time frame and how different I see the world around me. Um, you know, 15, I hate to say it now, almost 20 years ago, if that makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> the world that I saw around me was uh, drama and chaos and backstabbing and lying and you couldn't trust anyone and what i see today is love and empathy um, care and compassion Hmm. and i can look at another human being and recognize that even though you don't see the world the way i see the world jesus loved you enough to go to the cross so I should love you just the same, even though I don't agree with you.
0: And it's and it,
1: really hard. Is really hard. Um, but to recognize that my attitude has shifted so far and that I can look at another human being. And even if I don't like them, I don't agree with them, their politics, whatever it happens to be, to love them so much that it doesn't matter um, that I'm still willing to share the good news with you and, and tell you how amazing Jesus is and what he's done in my life and what he can do for you. You know, if you just let him.
0: Yeah. What, what short message would you share about Jesus with someone else? Jesus is this to me.
1: This sounds very cliche, but Jesus is my everything. Okay. My everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Reflecting on the church that we serve in, what are some of your hopes and aspirations presently for the church, for the Cumberland Presbyterian Church and just the Christian church? And uh, what are your hopes and aspirations for the future of the church as well? Mm.
1: My local context Uh, Obviously, I I pray that my churches grow and that we are emboldened enough to share the gospel message with others, that people will see the light and the love that we have to offer and just be completely attracted and fill this building Um, as our denomination as a whole. Um, You know, of course we're going through the unification process and voting and conversations with it. And I really pray for our unification. Um, And that's not just for the Cumberland Presbyterian church, but for the church worldwide, you know, we have so many things that drive wedges between us. And if we would just understand that Jesus loves us regardless of our differences, um, that Jesus loves us in spite of our differences, and if we could put aside our differences enough to share the love of Christ um, with everyone else, how much more awesome would our world be, you know, and is that kind of a utopian thought process? Probably. Um, Is it realistic? I don't know, but that's my hope and prayer is that people would realize that, um, you know, just because we're different doesn't mean that we can't love each other as our neighbor. Um, Can't love each other and care enough for each other to want to see each one grow and be encouraged in the life of Christ. And that's what I hope for our our churches worldwide. I hope that we'd all recognize um, that that's what Jesus did for us and that's what we should do for others.
0: And to be able to traverse and travel together that it isn't yeah. travels that we have to take alone that we have brothers and sisters in Christ and neighbors that um, are also trying to make sense of the world and in the universe mm-hmm. that we live in and how we fit into that world
1: yeah yeah we all have we all have a part to play and and even though I walk through some. fiery times, Um, literally some very fiery times, um, that God loves me in spite of that and and continued to pursue me in spite of that. And so I should pursue others just as much, you know, that I should be able to share that. Um, One of the groups locally we work with um, is a local recovery home for women and that's something that they really struggle with because they've been hurt um oftentimes by uh quote unquote church folk um and to show them that Jesus loves them in spite of their past in spite of their drug and alcohol addiction or whatever it happens to be um, that Jesus still cares you know that's that's so important and, and, and we should all recognize that everybody needs that, that we're not on the same path and we're all on our own journey to figure out our little slice of the world and how we fit
0: and how it works. Thank you, Becky. You are currently doing a biweekly devotional and you have some writings that are coming up pretty soon. I but do. Tell us what those are and where to find them.
1: Um, you can always go to my YouTube channel. Um, it's Rebecca Zardi, Z-A-H-R-T-E. Z-A-H-R-T-E. Um, and my biweekly devotionals are found on there, as well as several of my sermons are posted on there, um, and my writings. If you will jump on to the Cumberland Presbyterian Bookstore <laughs> and purchase the Encounter our Sunday School curriculum. Um, my first writings will be in the, I think it's the winter edition. Um, that will be December, January, and February um, of this this upcoming year. Um, and I'm really excited that uh, Chris Fleming has done a fantastic job of reworking the encounter to address a lot of the issues and concerns that were brought up and has worked very diligently at that. And um, I think, not toot my own horn, but... Has picked some excellent people to write for the encounter, <laughs> and and uh, and I hope that and hope and pray that we have done it uh, justice and, and that people enjoy the lessons that we bring to them.
0: All right, Becky, thank you, and thank you for listening to today's podcast. Tell a friend and travel with us on our next journey down Cumberland Road. <laughs>